You ready? I'm ready whenever you are. Gentlemen, beer bottle QBs fans of the world, we are back. We have to start with talking to the Frogs. Frogs, Ohio State game, me and CJ were both there, as you can tell, cheering so damn hard that I lost my voice. Uh, so yeah, forgive I was me for there. that. But it, that was a rough one. We played our hearts out, Siege. We also have <laughs> the illustrious Ben Beckelman joining us on the podcast tonight and later tonight. We have a surprise special guest to help us talk about Texas TCU football later tonight. But Siege, let's talk a little bit about Ohio State TCU first. That was Ben jumping in. His first round on the podcast in a little while. I believe it was a conspiracy episode last time we heard from him. It was the moon landing. And it's time to get Ben back into some football. All right, Siege, what did you think of the Ohio State game? We played our asses off. I mean, we did. I, I yep. Honestly, at halftime, I was I was telling everybody, I was like, we were going to win this game. Like, we, we looked so good in the first half, made too many mistakes. You can't make mistakes against Ohio State or any other good program. You can't make that many mistakes and expect to win a football game. It's sad, but... I mean, the the future of this Frogs team is is very bright. Yeah, I look at a lot of lot of young players playing really well. I mean, <clears throat> the Frogs though, really, it came down to turnovers, strip sacks, fumble in the end zone. They say it should have been a safety. Doesn't it should have been a safety. Doesn't really affect the game. The fact that it happened was a, another momentum for Ohio State. Shovel pass going the other way, bad play call, but all the same, it's. It's just a turnover that can't happen. In yeah. Six, we're, done. Mean, we're up 21-19 at that point. We're playing well. Offense looks good. Enthusiastic. The stadium's rumbling with Frogs fans. Even though we were outnumbered about 60-40, the Frogs fans were loud. We were proud. Oh, yeah. And Ohio State fans are just highly overrated. If you didn't have a million of them, highly, I couldn't tell highly. they were there. <laughs> Literally. But yeah, Silent. It, it comes down to turnovers. You can't have a block punt either. <laughs> like That's also <laughs> something. That turned it. That was two yeah. quick touchdowns for him. So yeah, I, yeah. I mean, like, like I just said, you can't have mistakes and expect to beat a good Ohio State team. They're good. Yeah, but they're a really good team. At, at the end of the day, I'm happy with you, you know our team was clearly prepared. We were ready to go. We just we just made too many mistakes and turnovers, and and we we beat ourselves in that one. We really did beat ourselves. You can't do that against talented teams. But looks bright for the future. Sean Robinson, he's a dude. 
Darian S. Anderson's a dude. Jalen Rager's a dude. Garrett Wallow's a dude. A lot of good players looking forward in the future. And it looks like we're actually going to have a tough test next week with the University of Texas. So, Ben, let's talk a little bit about huge win for the Longhorns. Some would say uh, a season season turnaround win. A lot of people would say if you didn't win it, Tom Herman's seat was getting a little hot. So this is two years in a row that Texas has started off real shitty and then been able to have a bounce-back sort of game against USC. So you were obviously there. Ben, what did you think? I'm a little hazy on the details because, you know, hope for the best, prepare for the worst. I came into it very, very drunk. and I I, I would assume so. (laughs) I remember cheering a lot. Nice. uh, I was very proud. I was not the same team that I'd seen the last two weeks, which was abysmal and just okay. But, like, it gave me hope. I was, like, I said the whole season that the USC game was going to decide how the season goes. And if we had lost it right there following those two crappy games, it's 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 done. Season's just ruined. Terman's out. <laughs> start over. Uh, but now, now I got hope. And uh, now I actually, I think we got, I think, yeah, we got a fighting chance. There Shout out Shavo, by the way, scoring a touchdown. This week. Shaywo knows. We were cheering that Shaywo. quite a bit. Siege, you know all about that Shaywo life. Oh, yeah. Hey, remember when we coached him in flag football and our all of our playbook was, hey, throw the ball to Shaywo. Hey, <laughs> throw it to a really tall athletic kid. Yeah, I, I remember, remember that. that. It, it worked. You know, if the throw it to the best football player on the field. It's, it's pretty easy. It's pretty much all you have up. to do. Nice and Nice and neat and simple, all right there. Throw it to the the guy who's two feet taller than everyone else. (laughs) It helps you also have the best quarterback. Yeah, true. True. Randall. I think that was – was it Randall? I thought that was Carson. On which – I don't remember who was on our uh, 7-on-7 team. CJ, I'm glad you remember that Shaywa was on it. I don't remember anything because I think I just we remember Shaywo because he was so much better than everyone else, and we would just throw him the ball every time. Yeah, I believe Randall was the quarterback on that team because Mr. Graves helped us out quite a bit uh, yeah. because we were uh, we were idiots back then and thought that we could coach a seven on seven football team while also playing rugby our spring of our senior year. So ha- quite a few conflict Saturdays back then. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, Texas looked good. I didn't get to watch much of it, but just by the scoreline, you could tell that USC didn't really come out to play. I don't know if that means USC's bad or if Texas just outplayed them by a lot. And, Ben, you don't seem to have uh, given a whole lot of technical analysis for us at the game. But, you know, I can't blame you for that. You're uh, a a junior in college. That's prime time for drinking before football games. All right, Siege. From the rest of the week, uh, what are what are some games you you were able to watch? We weren't able to watch a lot of them. We were tailgating out in the rain, like true fans. Uh, tough. Yeah, game. it was tough to be able to watch these games. But the game that we did get to watch that I really liked was uh, LSU Auburn and the oh, Tigers, Tigers pulling it out. Oh, Tigers! Last minute kick, man. Oh, dude. LSU is very good this I've year. I've been calling this. They are very the good. CJ, you called me out for having him so high at the beginning of the year. I'm just glad I was vindicated. I'm glad that Joe Burrow actually doesn't suck and that I didn't look like a complete idiot in front of everyone on the podcast. But, yeah, LSU-Auburn tight one. 
LSU looks good. They're legit. They are. <laughs> they're they're a legitimate football team. They can. I mean, it's the first time in a long time that I trusted an LSU quarterback to make throws, and he, he's actually pretty decent at it. For real. I'm, I'm not saying he's no Sean Robinson, but I mean he's That's all right. True. He's no Sean <laughs> Robinson. The future. Uh, Mark Titus's tweet saying that Sean Robinson is Deshaun Watson. I think it's a little bit early for that, but that's a huge compliment either way. And a big, if, if he can be three-fourths of what Deshaun Watson was in college, then we're in great shape for the years to come, which I think oh, he yeah. has the potential to be. I've, I've been known to have uh, called him a combination between Trayvon Boykin and Vince Young. So that's pretty high praise from both of us <laughs> and Mark Titus. All right, so another crazy one. That I don't think anyone saw coming. We we like picking upsets, Siege. We didn't pick this one. Ben, did you get a chance to watch uh, the Wisconsin BYU game? I'm going to go with doubtful, but Wisconsin BYU. I'm not even sure if I get that game. I don't know. Very limited package. Wisconsin's offense stinks, dude. They stink. Apparently, man. BYU. They can't move. Ugh. It's so uh, gross. They're so boring. All they do is like run the ball and then they throw passes to their tight ends. I mean, it's it's just such it, – it's the same thing year after year, and they always do this. They always get ranked really high, and then they always lose to somebody they shouldn't. That's, that's true. I don't think anyone saw this coming. And shocker, the AP poll decides to throw BYU in at top 25, even though they already have a loss to Cal – just because they beat Wisconsin, a crappy Big Ten team. Well, Big Ten had an awful, awful week. Awful week. They the, lost only, to, the, only, the only thing that made them look good was OSU beating TCU. Yeah, that's it. For real. So um, they have like. Scroll through the games right now. They and literally yeah, have one it, team. It was a really close game, too. Only uh, one by field goal. All right, everybody. Sorry about this. We had some technical difficulties. Lost half the podcast. Who knows what happens? You know us. We're amateurs. But needless to say, we still have some great content coming at you. We have our special guest coming up right now. Drum roll, please. All right. And here he is. The one. The only. John Fletcher coming on to talk. Me, CJ, and Ben. We have two frogs. We have two horns. We're talking the game this weekend. Fletch, welcome to the podcast as a first-time visitor. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on the potty. Uh, appreciate it. I'm really excited. This is the first time I've ever been on a podcast, but excited to talk some college football and tell you all why the Longhorns are going to pull off the W again. Uh, all right. You opponent this week. Nope. Hey, Blake, I got one thing to share real quick Let's before we get going. There we go. Beers are out. It's the Beer Bottle QBs podcast. Well, Fletch, we're excited to have you. We've had our fair share of debates out in the lake house in Austin, Texas. And now it's time. We've got early in the season. Early in the season, week four action. We're ready for some college football. Big 12 play starts today. Fletch, all right, let's just start off hot. Why is Texas going to win this ballgame? Ooh, wow, very good. So I'm going to preface my statements on TCU by saying the way I prepared for this podcast was just watching long version of the highlights against Ohio State. Gotcha. So I did not get deep I did not get deep into the game film on TCU, but 
TCU's definitely a good team. I'm not going to take anything away from TCU. Y'all are well coached. Uh, I thought you looked good on offense and defense. Uh, Ohio State's just tough. Looking at them, that defensive line it was Nick Bosa and those deep tackles were crazy. I think they're bound for a Big Ten championship. So, yeah, because the um, Big Ten sucks. With a freshman, with a freshman quarterback, I actually thought Robinson looked good in spurts. I mean, he turned the ball over, but again, that was just a, a nasty defense he was up against. The thing is, I I do think Texas has a similar build on, on defense to to mess with Robinson enough in a hostile environment. I think the crowd's going to be fired up, and we've got enough on defense to keep it close and pull off a W. It's going to be close, though. It's not going to be – I don't think this is going to be a barn burner. I don't think either team's going to score above 30. I think it's going to be something like 24-27 Texas. Okay, oh, Fletch. Okay, see, you look like you're chopping at the bits to say something. Yeah, so I'm going to start <laughs> off by taking everything away from Texas. I, I think they are not on the same level as TCU. One – USC, I'll preface this by saying USC sucks. <laughs> USC is a very yeah. bad football team. I agree. Maryland, on the other hand, is also a very bad football <laughs> team. <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe it. We saw two different, <laughs> two different outcomes there. Ellinger will not be the starter as a senior. Oh, I'll preface oh, that. That's a hot take. Texas guys, how do we feel it about that? Take. Yeah, he's right. Um, we got oh. two much better quarterbacks waiting in the wings. Like much who? better. Shane Bouchard. Uh, I don't Kevin think. Bryson. And the other, and the other freshman. At... Fletch, what do you got to say? I may sound crazy. I may sound crazy. Uh, dude, I'm still kind of Team Bouchard. Like, I believe in Shane. I if think he's a better football, quarterback. I, believe I think he's a better quarterback. No, no, okay. Like, you got to understand. <laughs> like oh, I love transfer. this, actually. This is great. So we got Ben is coming back right here, right now. We have a Texas infight. Ben versus Fletch. Ben, what's your rebuttal to oh, Shane Bussell? Dude, you want to talk about Texas infighting? The QB debate around UT for like the past two years has been insane. I got people, like my some of my friends are just diehard Ellinger fans. So they went to high school with him. They will like literally suck his cock no matter what he does. Wow. Oh, we got, like, Who are you hanging out with? <laughs> Wesley guys. The guys that went to high school with him that literally just – would would not say a bad word about him no matter what he does. And then you got like Bouchelle fans that are literally just trying to like make counterpoints. And Ellinger fans just won't shut up. But like here's the thing. They're both like medium level quarterbacks and each one has what the other lacks. Like Bouchelle's got a great arm, very accurate downfield, but he has poor pocket awareness and he get like he gets sack lock and he has no feet under him. He can't run for shit. Ellinger Great pocket awareness, can get out there, can make the moves, but he can't pass. And everyone knows he can't pass. So they just bring it heavy when Ellinger's back there. And so that's why, honestly, I would take, I would start the true freshman. I would start Cameron Rising, that's, bless him for a year. Ridiculous. Let him take, let him take <laughs> some nuts. Out of what field. We have an experienced quarterback. That's better. I mean, like, who is this Cameron Both Rising? of our good quarterbacks, sit him on the bench. <laughs> that yeah. guy has never done it before. Either one is good. They're both media. We need another freshman quarterback. Yes, that is what Texas needs, another freshman quarterback. <clears throat> I agree. Actually, I'm hoping you're right, Ben. I hope they bench 
Screw Ellinger. Screw Bouchelle. Let's go with the true <laughs> freshman rising. Bring him on against the no, probably the best no. defense in the Big Twelve. Even I like that. Idea. Bring back Hurd. Bring back Hurd. Yeah, Gerard Hurd. Bring back Hurd. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, dude. Fletch, go ahead. Give us your thoughts on this uh, tirade by Ben on the Texas quarterbacks. Well, well, I'm just going to speak to Texas Longhorn Nation right now that I want them to, to take it back a couple notches on the Texas's back talk. I saw way <laughs> too much of that this weekend. I was not in Austin, and I have to uh, say that it, I know it's fun to say Texas is back, but we're setting ourselves up for – a really rough stretch here between TCU, Kansas State away, and OU. So <clears throat> I think it's very similar to that Notre Dame win. I can see, you know, USC going 6-6 six and six maybe at best with a 17-year-old quarterback. So it felt good to win that game at home. Herman definitely needed the W. But I think we're going to learn a lot more about Texas this weekend and the next two weekends. And, you know, I, I personally, I hate the idea of playing Gary Patterson football team first in the Big 12. I mean, I not, I'd like to play TCU later in the season when we kind of have – I still don't know what our identity on offense is. Like you said with Ellinger, that's one of the things that frustrates me. <laughs> we, we, we don't have one, and a TCU defense is going to take advantage of that. and It could get messy, but I, I think that we're going to pull it through. I did not come on this podcast to, to say that Texas isn't going to pull it off. I think it's big that the game is at home. Texas always does play better at home. It could be similar to that Oklahoma State game where it came down and hopefully Ellinger doesn't throw a fourth-quarter pick. He's not, he's not uh, for doing that. So I have he, to, I have to, I have to yeah, comment real I'm, quick on the, the Texas is back because I think the first person to say that Texas is back in not so many words was Tom Herman <laughs> this, in his press conference. He had, he had a direct quote. He said, the win against TCU will be nice, but we're hoping to play in November, December for a Big 12 championship. So I think Tom Herman started the Texas' back. That comment right there, it shows me he's a little bit over, little bit overconfident. I may Just have an article bit. tomorrow coming out well, of that. But that's Tom a, had a hard check at the beginning of the season. What? That's, that's a so hot I take by, by your head coach saying uh, he's going to enjoy the win, celebrating the Saturday night before the game. I mean, I'm just saying I, the arrogance seems to be there, Fletch. No, I, I I'm trying to really use this season to gauge on how I feel about Tom Herman because his press conferences this this oh, year Jesus. have been That's something crazy. else. That Between comparing our team, you know, comparing our team to the you know mice and men, saying we want to win so badly yeah. we, we can't, and and that winning is hard, insanity. and and also is like, is I just don't one. appreciate as a Texas fan when Herman gets on in his preseason press conference is saying, he's like, I've never been more excited to coach a team in my life. Hypes us all up. And then we, you know, have a dud against Maryland to open the year. I just, I don't, he, he, he seems stubborn. He obviously doesn't deal with the media well. And the Texas media has been taking that out on him a little bit, I'm sure which has been kind of yeah, fun to see. I but, think, you know, you're right. He, he, I think he's naturally kind of arrogant and, you know, I agree. I don't think, I think, we just got to focus on trying to get through this next three-game stretch because what what good is a you know a USC win if USC you know goes like one and two the next three weeks and we sure. lose all three games? Herman Herman's gonna be right back where we were. It's true, and we've talked a lot about Tom Herman on this podcast so far. So we're actually we're we're segmenting away really quick. 
and we're going to have a little Tom Herman <laughs> talk. We're going to go, we're going to let CJ talk oh. about Tom Herman, and then we're going to let Ben talk about Tom Herman, and then I'll close it off with my thoughts about Tom Herman. Segway <laughs> of the podcast, but I mean, Tom Herman has been absolutely out of this world in his press conferences this year. Makes you almost think he's just, and just the, the side rumors and all that. CJ, go. Your thoughts on Tom Herman. Let's hear it. Thoughts on Tom Herman. He is a highly overrated coach that has coached for a total of three years and three games. In those years, he had one good season at U of H. His first year, he won seven games, I believe, and won 13 or 12 games one year and has yet to uh, win more than seven at Texas. It has only so been one year. I, I don't know what Tom Herman is as a head coach. I don't know who he is. First, I judge him off his press conferences because I don't watch UT every weekend because I'm not a Longhorn fan. So I judge him off of his batshit insane, insane press conferences that he says, Hey, man, winning is hard. It's really hard. It's it's hard. That's a direct quote from him. Winning is hard. Oh, you didn't know that, Tom? You didn't know that winning would be hard in the Big 12? Like, I, I just, I, I think it will take a lot of time, and I feel like Texas and the UT media don't have that time to wait on Terman to build his program because it's not just going to happen overnight. And I honestly, I think it was a huge mistake to fire Mac Brown in the first place. I think oh, Mac wow. Brown would have would have won two national titles uh, in the time since he's been fired. That is a wild, a wild oh. take. <laughs> We're gonna have to get a rebuttal. I'm gonna let Ben yeah, talk, and then Fletch. It. I want to hear your thoughts. I want to hear Ben and Fletch's thoughts on that take because I can guarantee you, you're not hearing that anywhere else. That Mac Brown would have won two national championships. <laughs> In the time yeah. since he's been you know flying. Case McCoy, <laughs> Case McCoy, yeah. <laughs> All right, Case McCoy. Ben, your thoughts on Tom Herman, and then uh, if you want to, if you want to counter back to CJ's comment about Mac Brown, feel free to. I'm not I gonna, like Mac Brown. I'm not going to touch CJ's comment with like a ten foot pole, but well, I know um, Fletcher will. So because what you were ten years old when Mac Brown was coaching? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, also he, he was like i don't know all right i had such high hopes when like we were like oh tom herman he's coming he's like an, another he's the next big coaching guy but now that cj makes that point that was a very rash pickup because like at u of h he was still playing with like that wasn't even all just his, his recruiting classes yet like no but, he coached yeah. for two years he had a very talented team already when he came in and went and, and like I don't know and then but like I, I, I'd give him the benefit of the doubt I, I'd trust him because he did do good with what he had then I don't know what to say I was I was with him I thought he was a much better option than Charlie Strong he fit a, a lot better but then this season like I've lost so much confidence in him like just so much and I, I like I can't I don't know he's just this is not what he was presented as, and I, I feel robbed. You feel robbed? <laughs> that's, Ooh, that's an interesting, wow. interesting thing. We may circle back to that. Robbed is a – do you feel like he's robbing the state of Texas, Ben? The University of Texas. Well, the, it's a public university, so 
Never mind. Yes, we're getting into crap we don't need to get into. All right, yes. Uh, we gave him so much money and bought him out of his contract. You did. You get, you're paying a lot of coaches yep. at this point in time. That you're is the, literal daylight robbery. You're still you're paying right Charlie I'm, Strong. Yeah, yes. so, I don't know if you're pay- – yeah, I don't know. <laughs> All right, Fletch. So let's let's circle back to this Mac Brown comment. Fletch, do you think that Texas <laughs> should have kept Mac Brown? Like in retrospect, when I look back, because that was – you know, what, sophomore year, and I, I I don't like the way things ended with Mac, because when you have a coach like that, and the farther removed you get from his era, you kind of see really how lucky Texas was, and, you know, I think he's almost a victim of his own success in a lot of ways, and it's unfortunate. I think, I think he deserved better from the university, and, but, you know, it the happened. last time Texas not... won eight games, Mac Brown was head coach. That's a that's yeah. a fun no, fact. You're right, and now you're seeing like these rent, you know players all over the NFL and stuff like Malcolm Brown, Patriot, and like those that kind of tail end era of players like making play. Like we had good talent on those teams, but I think Mac Brown, like at a certain point in college football, it gets really difficult to replace coordinators. You know time and time again and you know Manny Diaz kind of ended up being a disaster and um our defense is you know I think we were probably one defensive coordinator away from actually being pretty good but Matt Matt's downfall in my opinion was after we played Alabama for some reason he was obsessed with switching over to like a pro style offense when we had Garrett Gilbert and and he was we didn't have the offensive line for it and then you know we went five and seven and but we just I think Mac Brown was caught trying to kind of copycat Nick Saban or something, and it just wasn't the right fit for Texas or high school football or anything. And it kind of set us back. And then by by the time you know Muschamp left and the program started falling apart, I think we needed a change. So, so I'm, I do I'm, not think we would have won two national championships. <laughs> but so let me frame this up. But maybe you know. Let me frame this back in, into this question. I think because I think Mac Brown's biggest mistake was not hiring Chad Norris as his offensive coordinator, having with Garrett Gilbert as his quarterback. I honestly think Texas might have won. CJ, tell me if you agree or not. If they had hired Chad Norris and they start running that offense, that they would have possibly won two or three national championships because they yes. essentially could have been Clemson. No, and, and also I agree. And also a big thing that caused Mac Brown's downfall was Will Muschamp leaving way too early to be a head coach. He wasn't ready to be a head football coach at all. And Matt Brown told him that, but he still decided to go to Florida, and he was horrible, horrible. He wasn't ready. He was still still a defensive coordinator. All he knew was how to coach a defense, didn't know how to run a football team. I'm telling you, if if Muschamp would have stayed a couple more years – they would. They went five and seven. Yes, but they they would have kept the ship rolling. It's like it's like when you have these coaches that are tenured for years. Players trust them. Recruits trust them. They trust the system. They buy in. And then in you know you may have a down year. Like TCU went four and seven under Gary Patterson one year. Came back two years later. We were probably the best team in the nation. These are all true facts. Let's, so let me frame this as this. So if Will Muschamp doesn't leave, they hire Chad Morris. Fletch, 
do you think that Texas goes on to match Alabama and they play two or three times in the national championship game? Yes. Yes? Um, I say yes. I, I just I don't know what Garrett Gilbert would have ended up – like I don't know if he actually would have turned into like who he was supposed to be. Well, he's a pretty good quarterback um, at SMU through for – He's pretty good. 35 to 4,500 yards one year, I believe, and then was a career Is, backup. Isn't he still in the NFL? What? He was in the NFL for like five or six Isn't years he? as like a Chase Daniel backup type. I don't yeah. think he's there anymore. He, I'm not sure if he's still in the league, but he was in the league for a while, and I would be surprised every NFL preseason be like, oh my God, Garrett Gilbert is still, <laughs> still in, the in the league. But I think about Colt McCoy every year, but in like a great way. Like I'm like, oh my God, yes, Colt's still there, still repping. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, it, it's hard to say, but like I was watching – kind of some video on like Clemson football history and how like Dabo built the program up and coordinators definitely make a difference and you know he when he brought Venables in I mean and took their defense next to the next level that made them a lot more competitive nationally and you oh, know yeah. like Morris kind of was a kickstart to everything as far as Taj Boyd and Deshaun Watson and so I think it I think coordinators are underrated and like I really think like if it weren't I mean, what do y'all think about? I think Todd Orlando is the real deal, but if 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 we didn't have Todd Orlando, I'd be very concerned about. I go up and down on Todd Orlando because, like, every he can't apparently he can't coach for the first game of the year because Maryland just runs the <laughs> fuck out of him. <laughs> like, I, I, so I don't. He, he gets progressively a lot better, and I like his style, the heavy blitzes, like. But like I just like it's just it's mind boggling how bad his defenses play like the first like two years, yeah. and so I'm just like I'm like why is it like maybe his system's so hard because sometimes this happens with Gary's defenses his system's so hard if you have young players it's hard to learn and teach it mm-hmm. so like you have six weeks until you start playing good defensive football but I I mean maybe it's like that but I just don't know so it's I'm still up and down on Todd Orlando but he does seem to be the saving grace to Herman right now because. Herman's offenses have stunk so far in the two years at Texas, and his second year at Houston, the offense wasn't that great either. So it's it's interesting times, interesting times. Now let's, let's wrap it back to TCU, Texas. So Fletch gave his prediction, close game, Texas pulls it off. Ben, what's your prediction? It is going to be a close game. It's going to be a little higher scoring than that. I think both defenses are good, but um... – when they're just going to be on the field back to back to back to back, they're going to tire out at some point. I'm going. Thirty-four, thirty-one, Texas. Oh, Texas winning thirty-four, thirty-one. That's an interesting one. Siege, you talked a little bit about your pick earlier, but let's get the let's get the full pick in right now. The full pick. So I think I think TCU is a better team, obviously, because I'm a homer. But I'm going to go with score. I say it is 42-17 TCU. Oh, I like that. Wow. We gave you the benefit. We gave you like – I, I mean, right. I, I, I like that. I'm kind of twenty. You only scored 21 offensive points against USC. That's, that is true. I'm going, I'm going a little bit different. I think it's going to be a game. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you why the frogs are going to win. I'm going to start it off with one word. The one thing's the frogs they didn't need before this, but Mister Mister Tommy Boy Herman gave it to him anyway, and it's bulletin board material. 
No one says a week before the game that they're going to enjoy their victory for the Frogs on the road to the Big 12 championship and gets away with it. I'm telling you that right now. And the Frogs are going to come in angry. A lot of these players weren't recruited by Texas. They were undervalued. Texas didn't want them. They play with that chip on their shoulder every week. They knew they were talented players in high school. They went to the Texas camps. The Texas coaches just ignored them. They just said, no, he's not good enough to play. He's not fast enough. He's not tall enough. So the Flying Frogs this week, they're coming to Texas. 100,000 screaming loud fans of the Texas Longhorns. TCU by 27 points. I don't know the score. Just winning by 27 points. I'm calling it right well, now. Give us a score. Give us a score. 35 to 7. Boom. Love it. Love it. That's 28 points, not 27 That's 28 points. points. <laughs> and also, I missed, think we missed 37. We missed a field goal. <laughs> missed, missed extra point. <laughs> so there it is. That's it. Is. That's my prediction. I think we're coming in hot on the road. Texas is going to fight, but I think we're going to be fired up because – Tom Herman gave us bulletin board material and a, a little article on Frogswire. Little article on Frogswire.com will be coming out tomorrow for all the frog fan out there. So I love it. I, I, I honestly think TCU is so mad. This might be this might be the Ole Miss game from 2014-2015 season where we are just so angry. That we come out and, and everybody just plays like there's a fire under their ass. I mean, I hope it's a closer game than I predicted, but I am firmly entrenched in my stance. Simply, honestly, I was going to come in and predict uh, this morning. I was like, oh, what, what should I predict for the game? I was like, I'm going to come and predict. I'll predict like 35-28 because I think they'll come fired up. And then I read this little quote. From Amher Richardson was the, the beat reporter who tweeted it out. I read this little quote from Tom Herman talking about he'll enjoy the win on the way to the Big 12 championship. And I said, no, no, no. No, no, no. That makes me angry. That makes the frogs angry. And that oh, no, no, no. On him. Fletch, you seem a little silent for this. Do you, do you agree with us? Or is that silence <clears throat> agreement or what? Well, y'all, y'all forgot something. Let's hear it. Uh, you know, winning is hard. Winning is really hard. Winning is really hard. I'm definitely glad this is a home game. I think coming off the win, I think we'll pack the stadium. It'll give, hopefully, the team some much-needed juice. Uh, our defense is going to have to keep us in the game. I think y'all are right. I mean, I don't. I think we're going to have to – this is going to be – if Texas wins, it's going to have to be a really, really scrappy win. We're not going to – blow the lid off the old defense. I'd like to see, you know, Ellinger take the next step if that's possible. But, no, I mean, it's a big game for Tom Herman. Put his money where his mouth is. And I think he can really change a lot of minds. If Tex- I think games like this, if Texas fans really want to say Texas is back, it's, you know, winning non-conference games against the 6-6 six and six at best USC team against the 17-year-old quarterback. <laughs> that's all well and good, but like conference games like this, and we want to be competitive and we want to be taken seriously again. You know, it's the OU, it's TCU, it's at Kansas State. So we're going to find out a lot about Texas here in the next three weeks. Well, that's a very commendable, and, very commendable take. I like it. I think, I honestly, I will give Texas this. If Texas wins this game, I will officially on this podcast next week say they are back, which will be the first time I've said that in eight years. Sure. I will not. You will not. I, if they if Texas goes 
three and zero or zero and three, can I come back on the podcast and talk about those scenarios? Fletch, you can come Fletch, back on the podcast on either the way. Podcast. So you're always welcome. Whenever you want, just shoot me a text when you want to come on, and we'll uh, we'll make time for you, baby. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I can go on a Herman rant or a, or a quarterback rant for y'all. But if, if we're really lucky, we'll get Brooks, Ben, and you all on one podcast a little bit later in the season, and, and we'll get you real riled <laughs> up because I think that'll be a. We'll call the RIP Texas. Either R it'll be either the RIP Texas podcast or the Texas is back. So <laughs> Yeah, I like it either way. RIP Texas podcast. It might just be <laughs> <laughs> We me and CJ are great psychologists. We have a new segment coming up. It's called Wildcat Therapy, uh, where CJ's soon to be brother in law, a, a, a Arizona Wildcats fan is going to come on, and we're just going to hype him up and help him deal with the mourns of this season because Kevin Sumlin has not. Arizona yeah. is. Kevin uh, Sumlin, I was high on Arizona. It was wrong takes because they have been or, atrocious. Me too. I thought Khalil Tay would ball. Yeah, for real. All right, guys, this has been a hell of a podcast. We all want to thank CJ, as always, for being on, co-host. Thank myself for being another co-host. And then I'd thank also like six. to thank yeah. Fletch and Ben, our wonderful producer. Fletch, you've been an amazing guest. We, we can't wait to have you back on again. We're going to give everyone some final words on the podcast. Fletch, you have anything to say to, the, to your, your huge amount of fans out there? Just appreciate being on the podcast. This was fun. would love to come back on. And uh, hope uh, hopefully it's more on the 3-0 and o end rather than the 0-3 and three end. But... Would love to come back on. Thanks, guys. Final words. God bless Texas. Hook them horns, I guess. And I'm really curious to see where Del Conte seats those 100,000 flying frogs. No, I was saying, he, no, no, I was saying sh- UT. UT's 100,000 fans. We're going to silence oh, Okay. Because the frog, Del Conte took a move out of his playbook at TCU and moved the away sections into the far corner like he did yeah, in the frogs right. game. So it's yeah. Like, They've been having the shittiest like places to sit like, since he got here. <laughs> Not as right. shitty as my idea of having them line the top row of the stadium all the way around so they can't have any <laughs> any critical oh, mass. That's <laughs> savage. It would be incredible if we could pull that off. I'm someday I'm gonna donate enough money somewhere to do it. CJ, any final words for the beer bottle TV fans out there? Frogs by a million. Frogs by a million. Like it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in to the Beer Bottle QBs podcast. Please, everyone, go check us out on Instagram at the Beer Bottle QBs, Twitter at the Beer Bottle QBs, and always leave a review on iTunes, five stars. Please, if you leave a one star, just don't. Just don't do that. That's not nice. And we don't appreciate just it. Just don't listen to the podcast anymore. Yeah. If you don't like it, then quit I'll leave you on five star. <laughs> yeah. All right, everyone. Great episode. See you all next week. See ya. Hey. Pick me up, sing it out.